Welcome to She Loves the Grid, where we discuss all things F1. Whether it's happening on the track, in the paddock, or beyond the grid, we'll talk about it all. All right, here we are. Week seven. Seven. Can you believe week seven? I cannot believe that. That's gone so fast. It has. It has. So how how are you? How has this week been for you so far? It's been it's been a really good week. Um, I I feel like I had so many things in my head that I wanted to talk about, <laughs> but I tell you what they are now. Um, but I think this weekend, especially, I've been living vicariously through my son. Um, both of my kids were golfers, and he actually went to the Masters this week with his girlfriend um, yesterday, Friday, and Saturday. And when he was sharing in our family group text, I was like, you, you can be there on moving day, which is what they call Saturday. Cause people tend to go up and down the leaderboard. So, um, yeah, living vicariously through him. He said he got me a hat, so I can't wait. <laughs> to see it. That's exciting. Cause you go to the open in Phoenix a, a lot of times. Yes. Yeah. I did not go this year, but Yes, we've been to a lot of tournaments. And with Randy, um, growing up, he played golf. And he had literally played junior golf rounds with, like, Scotty Scheffler, who I think is number one in the world. Xander Shockley, he's played in tournaments with Colin Morikawa, like, all in junior golf. So that was, you know, at that age, the level that, that he was at. And he's still, he doesn't play as much now, but he can still go out there and hit under par. It's all muscle memory. So oh, yeah. he was just, amazing. He was so good. Still is good, but um, it was his birthday earlier this week. So I, I'm just excited for him. Super exciting birthday week for that kid. <laughs> Dream come true. I know. I can't <laughs> believe our boys. Our boys are growing up. It's killing me. <laughs> Speaking of boys, I got to, as you can tell, I'm in a different location. Headsets and all, because I am actually back in the United States, in Florida. Um, had to make a quick trip back to the States, and I get to see my boy. So I spent uh, uh, Friday at uh, Disney, because he is a dancer at Disney. As you know, he's danced since he was eight years old. Um, so he performed on, I get to go see him doing his entertainment stuff on Friday, and I'm going to see it on Monday before I have to hop back on a plane and go back to Berlin. So, <laughs> so it's been a little bit of an exhausting week from the long flights but um yeah. So yeah different location headsets because i don't have my mic and all that here and all my That's computers so worth it so worth it oh, to yeah. be back and see him and like just have that opportunity to just put your hands on him oh yeah but see <laughs> him and his and his fiance because you know he got engaged right before we left and yes. see the house and the doggies because you know we left uh the, his dog and uh another dog that we kind of bequeathed to him and his roommates that when we left and went to germany so we get to see the puppies yeah. that was awesome nice whirlwind weekend you're a jet setter <laughs> yeah. I'm, a jet, I'm a jet lagger that's for sure <laughs> I, don't, I don't i don't know what day it is what time it is it's i don't know yeah, and we're recording matter. a day early which is we really are. i think throwing me too so yeah i keep thinking tomorrow's monday because we usually record on sunday but just because of the way like it's easter and then you're traveling and you have plans tomorrow we're like let's do it on saturday so yeah <laughs> i get it yeah. we don't know which day it's up but, <laughs> no. but I, I think but that it, it's befitting <laughs> considering last last week's race i mean everywhere i've been and talked about it even the slack group at my work when i was said something about it, people like what happened and i was like oh my gosh it was crazy and it's just like so it's crazy. like the talk like the chaos is just so we're we're, we're coming down we're, we're coming down we, we have a lot to talk about so i guess we, we should get do. into it, it was i think it was a super busy week um and i think like you just said because it was such a crazy race and there was so much i don't know if i want to say controversy around it but there was so much happening that of course like the fallout afterwards there's going to be a lot of commentary from the peanut gallery and everybody else like about, <laughs> about it but i think for me one of the things that i kept thinking of all week is because there's so many um cars that are so close in pace especially we've got all those that midsection is bigger this year i think when something like this happens where you have how many cars didn't finish? Eight cars did not Eight. finish. Um, finished out of the points. There's some cars that were probably out of position as far as points go. Um, 
what does that end up looking like? Or how does that kind of affect our final, you know, race driver standings at the end of the year? When you have people like Nico, who got six points, is now on par with Charles. Yep. Six points. And like, there's going to be so few points to have. It's going to be such a fight, I guess is what I'm trying to say. It's going to be such a fight all year to get points. How does a race like this shake that up? Yeah. And what we were talking about earlier, just looking at the grouping of points, we've got a, you know, a couple drivers with no points right now, a couple drivers, well, three drivers with three with one point. Um, and that's uh, Kevin, uh, Alexander and Yuki. And then you've got two, Joe and, and Pierre are both at, no, so Joe's at two points, but then look at look at four. So you've got Pierre Gasly, Oscar Piastri, Esteban Ocon, and uh, Valtteri Bottas all at four points. So they're just two points behind Charles and Nico. Like, yeah. just boom, two points. Right, exactly. So many. Yeah. And then it jumps. Then it jumps. Then you have George Russell. Oh, sorry, eight points is Lando. And then it jumps up to George Russell with 18 but then he's really close to Lance Stroll's and and Stroll and Carlos that are at 20. And then it jumps again with Lewis Hamilton at 38. Well, then going back to Carlos, because remember in Australia, because of the five second penalty, he got zero points and he was running in fourth place. Uh, so true. if he had gotten like, do you say he's tied with Lance? Because he gotten- Lance ended up in fourth because of that. And so you give those points to Carlos and he's, you know, that much further ahead. So that's where I'm thinking, like, I mean, and you can't control these kinds of races for the most part. Yeah, because if he'd gotten fourth place, he would have gotten 12 points. Yeah. So if he'd done that, he would be, like said, he got zero points. If he'd gotten 12 points, then he would have been at, um, oh gosh, he would have been at, it had been at 32 points. Yeah. So he would be right under Hamilton at 38. Right. And, and way above. Know, I always wonder, you know how like in America, in football, like sometimes the, the players have things written into their contracts if they, you know, get this many touchdowns or whatever, then they get bonuses. And I don't know, honestly, how the F1 driver's contracts are written, but I mean, right below Hamilton and you're in the fight up there <laughs> versus okay, now you're you're down here and, and tied. I don't know. I just thought it was kind of interesting because I feel like more than other years, this is a year where it is going to be really difficult to get points. It's it's going to be all over the place. So a race like what happened in Australia could, yeah, could make a huge difference. It definitely could. It definitely could. Speaking of Australia, the, 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 the red flags. <laughs> Sorry. I and it's still it's like that we mentioned last week and I've talked to several people over the last week the first race ever to have three right yeah. yeah so do we think I think the biggest question is and and I have this written down for us is do we think that they did that on purpose to kind of create some excitement or to make fans who maybe started watching with Drive to Survive to make them happy like as an entertainment thing. I wonder, I, I wonder because I mean, it's a little boring and a little bit with them being out of the cars and sitting you're like you, cause especially if you just turn in late, like what are they doing? They're not, they're not in their cars, right. but then you get a little extra drama and stuff going on. Um, the, the choices of how they restarted the race, I thought was really fascinating each time. Right. And, and the impact that it did, because it did, especially at the very end when you had, you know, that's so many seconds ahead. Yeah. And then when they restart, they're crammed right back up together. You know, there's always a chance of somebody jumping ahead because we noticed and we talked about this that he wasn't getting off the gate, you know, immediately, really quickly. Yeah. Um, I mean, come on, out of the, at the very beginning, he was complaining that, you know, the apex and all that stuff. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, it, I wonder it. And, and I, it, I had someone even, not even me, I didn't even bring it up. I had a, a, a gentleman friend of mine was saying that he thought kind of the same thing. He was wondering because of the Netflix show, was some of the stuff that was going on kind of driven to help put extra drama or extra spin to get more people interested? I would hope not because, I mean, the race F1 has got so much strategy and technical, you know, aspects and angles and, and complexities to it. Yeah. that I don't think it needs anything else, honestly, right. you know, it, it muddies it up. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I, I would hope not. Um, and I would, and I would think that hopefully they're just trying to give the drivers like a fair chance. So, okay. If everybody's caught up anyways, I don't, I don't know. I just, I would hope that that's not the case. I'm going to assume positive intent that they thought that that was the fairest way to do it. Um, I mean, I get the gravel. The one with the gravel made sense, right? Because the, yes. the track was really messy. But there's a uh, one of them. I don't know why they did it, but at least yeah. one of them. Yeah. We'll have to see how it plays out in the future. I mean, I, I feel like hopefully they made the best decision for for everybody. Question. And we yeah. didn't talk about this before, but it just dawned on me. Do you think, because I know they made a change to the Australia track, I believe, this past race anyway, do you think with as much trouble as they had out of that turn in this race that they may reconsider how that turn is next year? Hey, well, I think they did change it for this year. It was last year. Um, okay, gotcha. I think this, that area was where they, I, I could totally be wrong, but I feel like that might be where they added the fourth DRS or around there. But when you think about, where we kept having those issues. I don't think that DRS was a, was a factor. I don't know. I I just wonder if they would change the shape of that turn or anything or or whatnot, because they they had so many problems there. Yeah. I don't know. I I think that the track in general has a lot of do not finishes generally. (laughs) Like I think the average is five. And so this time we ended up with eight. So I, I don't know that they're going to change it. Maybe that's what makes Australia, you know, kind of a fun race to watch. (laughs) Don't know what's going to happen. Like, yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of partying, a lot of unknowns, and that's a good point because when I was looking last week, investigating uh, all the races that the fewest finishers um, over like a ten year period, Australia was in there the most oftentimes. Oh, interesting. With the fewest finishers, so that makes sense. Yeah. Let's get into talking about some of the teams. I think we have Mercedes up first. So another thing that came out after um, Sunday was where was Mercedes after Lewis came in to the um, podium and not necessarily the podium, but like the pit area, because everybody else's teams was there to congratulate them. And they usually run and they hug. And I remember seeing one Mercedes person hit and Lewis saw him and they hugged and I I don't think I was like well where's everybody else I just thought well who's that guy like why you know why is Lewis you know hugging him and not like going and you know how they do that they go and they you know cheer the rest of the pit crew and then he went over to Kelly Slater who is a um, surfer and you know was like thank you and then shortly after uh, somebody in an interview said, well, how are you feeling? How's your team feeling? And Lewis said straight out, I don't know how they're feeling. I haven't seen them. I don't know where they're at. And so like, clearly he noticed that they weren't there either. And on Monday morning, when uh, Mercedes posted something on their social media, congratulating him, I I always love to read the comments. I, I go straight to the comments. <laughs> and everybody, there's a hundreds of people you where was the team why was the team not there you need to you need to release an official statement and tell us why the team was not there to congratulate Lewis and it just kept going on and on and on everybody saying the same thing so other people in the comments were saying well they were protecting their garage because of the track invasion that we talked about last week and supposedly some f3 garages were being looted. I don't know if that's true or not true, but other people, and this seems more likely is that they were all leaving to catch airplanes because the race took so long there. They were running late for their flight. Supposedly George Russell was running through the paddock with his suitcase and all trying to make their flights. But that makes me think also, I went to my very first race, very first one last year in Austin. I did need to leave Sunday after the race. But I was smart enough to think if the race goes long or it takes me a while to get to the airport, I need to go like on the latest flight that I possibly can. So you're telling me that you scheduled everybody when you know this is a race that has a lot of DNFs and all of that stuff that most of your team was all running to the airport. 
And that that really shocks me. I'm surprised that for races that they're just not there that night and leave the next morning, you know, because there's there's pressers, there's all kinds of stuff to do and to wrap up. And that that really blows my mind. Plus, you would think that a lot of people are like stalking at the airport, like let the fans get out of there, let them get out of Dodge and then let the rest of the teams get that that. I mean, I travel for work and I would never cut it. You know, you try not to cut it so close to a meeting that if a meeting's going to run over or you're needed, that's wow. And what do you, I mean, I, again, I think you would plan for the worst case scenario, like the race, there rain, it could be rain delayed. There's a whole bunch of things that have delayed races in the past, right? So why are you cutting it that close when your hope is that your drivers are on the podium? I get that you want to get home. It seemed like everybody was like Esteban and Gasly. We talked about them. They were on their plane straight away. Fernando was like trying to, he was literally during the press conference with the three podium sitters, like telling them, I got to get going. Like, don't answer. Don't, don't do long answers. That's what he was telling Lewis and, and Matt. <laughs> I, I got to go. So I get that, but nobody, nobody could stay behind. That, that yeah. is to me was like, so I, Ugh, I'm just frustrated by that. I don't get it. But anyways, um, so Lewis, I think we mentioned this last time. It makes him the um, first F1 driver to have get, gotten on a podium in all in 17 seasons, consecutive seasons. I am like that's amazing today. Yeah, consecutive seasons. So I believe his first podium was in Australia, his very first year. And I think it was his first race to tell you the truth. He got third place. So I think that's pretty exciting. And I, and I think like when you realize like how much this sport is expanding and I totally get that there's more races than ever before, but I think it's really cool to see some of these records like breaking, you know, like we're seeing history being made and, and, you know, in the future, people will talk about, you know, these records. Is his dad, is his dad at all the races? Cause I noticed his dad was at this race. I don't know if he's at all of them, but he's at a lot of them. Yeah. I was we need that his dad could experience that with him then. You know, at least his dad was there to celebrate. <laughs> yes, exactly. Hopefully he wasn't on a flight home. Um, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I'm making assumptions. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I did see an interview that he did with Fox Sports, and he did talk about his dad and talked about, you know, how they kind of worked together to get where he is. So I think it's cool that his dad is there. Um, but to hear him talk about just like, a, I guess it's like a champion mindset, right? Like he decided as a little kid that his goal was always to win and he sees second place as a failure. Um, but I just think like, and I know we don't always, second place shouldn't be a failure, like, <laughs> but at the same time, like that determination that he, you know, that he puts on himself to be that good. That's why he is a seven time. Hopefully yeah. Seven time yeah. And that's what we were talking about, right? The, uh, I'm going to mention the quote, cause I think it's funny, but the quote from the, the NASCAR racing movie, you know, uh, for Ricky Bobby, which has an F1 driver come right in race, right? That's what that's all about. But um, I think it's from F1. I think it's right. Anyway, but um, the, if you're not first, you're last is that the whole beginning of the movie. That's all he lives by at the end. Is that's like, <laughs> What does that even mean? There's <laughs> second, there's third, hell, there's seventeenth. You know, but he's just like, <laughs> but um, but yeah, because one of the things I found fascinating about the sport when you you know you introduced me to it, got me like all jazzed and everything was that I love the competition within the entire spread, right? That there's goals and whatnot to try to get in the in the middle of the pack and and whatnot. That there's like everyone recognizes where they're at and where they're trying to go. You know, it's got yeah. like in, in work and business, I'm always a, with my team working on trying to set smart goals. Now there's an acronym for that, but two of the ones are really important the A and the R and it's attainable and reachable. And I think that's so cool because they, they look at it and go, Hey, we know our car is not going to be number one, but we really want to strive to get better. And so we were 10th last year. We want to try to get seventh or eighth, you know, they're, they really set those goals and make them where they work for them. So it's not like, oh, if you're not number one, if you're not winning the cup every year, you suck. You know, it, I, I like that because it shows people that 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 improvement's good. And I, it, I think I mentioned it to you too, that quote, I think it's by Mark Twain, that continuous improvement is better than delayed perfection. Yes. 
I, I really like that concept of it's not that everybody gets a trophy and everybody gets a ribbon, but it's that we recognize the effort and the work of continuously improving and the boundaries of what we have and, and trying to work within the struggles and everything we've got at this situation and working toward it, right? Not giving yeah. up, keep trying. And and I think if we, I get that he does that for his some personal self. I just don't want it to be set in, because kids look up to these guys as role models, right? It'd be like, oh, if I don't ever win, I, I'm horrible. Like we don't want to have that be taken in a negative. It's kind of right. mama bear, mama bear in it a little bit. I, I totally agree with you because I, I think that when you don't get first and especially in a situation like with the drivers and you're carrying your side of the garage, right? Especially in the team on you. And so when there is a mistake that's made or you're not finishing in first, I just feel that that weight on their shoulders, leaving the track and then, you know, until the next time, that's, that's a lot uh, like to put on somebody's well, mental health. So, you, you know, with your son who's an elite golfer and, and, you know, he wasn't always winning all the tournaments and what that would feel like. And my son was an elite dancer, a competitor, and, you know, he would put it all out and, and not always get up there. In fact, often not, but he would score yeah. well. And yeah. so it's still a lot that they put on themselves, especially if they're part of a team and trying to bring yeah. a team up and like um, team scoring and whatnot. So exactly. I, I think exactly. It's, it's tough. But anyway, we could go on and on about that, know, being mom, mama-ing and all that. But um, you had some other interesting things about Mercedes, some that I'm not as familiar so, with. So speaking of like the team, they are bringing some changes to Bapu um, about the suspension. I know one hmm. thing that Lewis has been saying is that he um, is sitting too far forward in the car. And so he's not able to feel like the rear of the vehicle. And not being an F1 driver, I don't know exactly what that feels like, but that's a big thing. If you don't know what's happening kind of with the back of your car, um, that could be an issue, but they're also bringing some different suspension components um, that they hope will kind of balance the car out. So hopefully we'll see a little bit of like, maybe even more speed. Like I think they were impressive this in Australia, but you know, maybe with some cars that they feel the drivers think are more drivable, maybe we'll we'll see even more from them. So I think that's really fun. And then um, before we get to like a bigger topic with Mercedes, Total Wolf made the Forbes mm. billionaire list on the sports side. Like, hello, I think- He's not hurting for anything. <laughs> and what cracks me up is I did that little Pedro munching on a sandwich um, thing. <laughs> like, what do you call those? Like a TikTok reel, like- yeah thousands and thousands and thousands of views and likes. It is cracking me up that something that simple with a picture of Toto that says Forbes billionaire on it is like going crazy. <laughs> cracks me up. But good for him. He owns, well, we know he's the CEO. He's the team principal for Mercedes AMG. He owns 33% of that team. He has a stake in Aston Martin. Um, he's got a lot of stuff going on. So you know, you don't necessarily have to finish college because he dropped out of university and look where he's at now. <laughs> he's a billionaire. <laughs> so there you go. So that's kind of cool, but not as much fun is um, Felipe Massa is considering taking legal action um, to contest Lewis's first driver um, world champion. It's craziness. And we don't want to go into it too, too much because I was telling Claire, like, it's called Crashgate. You can Google it and get some more info on it. It happened back in 2008, a really, really long time ago. But it's one of those stories that you we could literally probably do a whole podcast on it because there's so many little side things and we can go down all these different rabbit holes talking about all this stuff. But basically what happened at the Singapore race um, in 2008, um, Nelson, I don't know how you say their name, Paquette Jr., Paquette might sound familiar because his dad was a driver. He was also just fined a bunch of money for racist comments towards Lewis Hamilton. The, his sister, Nelson Jr.'s sister, is Max Verstappen's girlfriend. So you might have heard the last name. It's, you know, famous in F1. But anyways, he was driving for Renault. And Renault told him he needed to crash his car on purpose and basically, it was to give his teammate, who at the time was Fernando Alonso, 
an advantage in that race. And Fernando went on to win the race. Um, Lewis Hamilton and Felipe were the like the rivalry for the championship. Lewis got third and Felipe finished outside the points. So, okay, we find out down the road a little while later that this happened. Um, I think the team principal and managing director at Renault was suspended for life, banned for life from Formula One. Um, the engineer director was banned for five years. I think he's now an engineer director for FIA or F1. Um, but they kind of supposedly buried the fact that they knew that this was a planned thing. And at the time, it was said they didn't want to bring unnecessary criticism or bad PR to F1. And that just came out last month in an interview. The CEO at that time, he's 90 something now, did an interview and it came out and Felipe saw it and said, wait a second, they knew about it and they decided not to investigate right away. They did investigate later on, but not right away. And so therefore, Lewis was crowned the champion by one point. And according to their rules, knowing that something like that had gone on, the whole Singapore race should have just been tossed out, which would have had Felipe winning by five points. So it's going to be interesting. Um, again, we'll probably talk about it from time to time as, you know, maybe this kind of works its way through. Um, but I, I, it's definitely something we had to bring up. Again, you might need to go and look. There's so many other there's there's so mail and all kinds of other like like stuff that goes along with this. But yeah. Yeah, you were telling me about it. The only thing I have to say is that we won't belabor it because we've got so much more to go and yeah, you know, already halfway through the our, our normal timing. Um 15 years. It's just like 15 years. And I get it's because that's what the CEO said. And I don't know if he's a, little, a former CEO, if he's a little senile, do they really know? Is it um but again, it's, it's, it's 15 years. And it's yeah. like, did, did, how that didn't come out 15 years ago, especially with the person who made all the allegations and whatnot, to come up with those kind of allegations, you would think he would have said that back then, you know? So it's just 15 years. Is there, is there no statute of limitations in all the rules of FIA that they can go back and like wipe a race out 15 years later? So I'm going to say it one more time, 15 I guess, years. I guess it's, not. And I think what's sad is like the, the, you know, yes, maybe allegedly Felipe, you know, could have had a world championship, but at the same time, Lewis also didn't have anything to do with any of this and he won. Yeah. And if you take that away, which I don't know how you could do that at this point, but if you take that away, then he is one championship behind Schumacher. So he's no yeah. longer seven-time champion. He would be a six-time champion. And I don't know how you do that, but that's why we wanted to bring it up because I think this is going to continue on, even if it's just, you know, something that like, here's some new info or this info came out or here's their final decision. We just wanted to, I'm sure we'll be talking about it in the future. So we needed to bring I it up. I'm sure we will. All right. Well, let's get into some of the other teams before we, uh, yeah, I know we can fly through some of the stuff. So, oh, yeah. um, you know, I think there's two main questions is one, do we think they were surprised by Mercedes speed in Australia? Um, and two, like, are we still on the hype train? We're three races in. And in my head, I was kind of like, after the third race, I'm going to decide if I'm if I'm still on the hype train. So for me, I don't know if they were surprised. I just I'm. Still learning enough, y'all will admit, still learning, being new to all this, is I don't get their strategy. I don't get the – I get so anxious. I've been anxious all three races, and, and I'm almost screaming at my iPad because that's what I watch the race on. I'm like, right now, don't push it, push it, push it, push it. Like, why you're not trying to get further up and just, like, almost, like, settling for third. I mean, you're on the podium, but yeah, there's so many more points, and there's just so much more, and then just mm, – and so like it just I I don't know I don't know if there was a surprise I mean he did talk about how he was trying to to get uh, Hamilton to make a mistake and it was really um, very respectful of the things that he was saying I was I really liked that you know that he was going back and forth about that but yeah yeah I don't know if it was a surprise but to me a hype train I 
it's kind of hard to, to stay. I mean, I, I adore the guy. I really enjoyed watching him during one of the uh, red flags that he was dragging his own tires down the way, you know, and helping the team really, you know, really part of the team that, you know, like, we always would tell our son that when he was dancing, it doesn't matter if you're the stage director or the janitor, everybody, everybody matters. So it was just really cool to see him, you know, doing, doing his part. But um, yeah, I, I need him to start like effort, more effort, more push, more drive, more like striving to do that. Cause I don't, it's almost like they're like, ah, as long as we get third, we're good. We're just, we're, we're happy. And so I'm having a hard time being hyped. Yeah, it's almost, it's almost there. I think I'm still hyped that they're up there. I don't know right now that anybody's going to catch Red Bull. Um, I, I'm not like 100% on that because I still think we've got so many races to go. But I do think that there are definitely times where you're second or third and you're getting towards the end of the race and you just are like, okay, let's just finish the race, right? Like, we're not going to catch them. Our tires are, you know, graining or whatever. And we want to at least finish. We don't want something to happen where we're not finishing um, at all. So I still think they're up there. I want to see him a little bit higher. And I would bet at some point Fernando will be on the top of the podium. I, I hope so. see that happening. Um, and that's exactly what Papa Stroll has been telling your guy, Crack, um, principal crack. You messed up with my crack. <laughs> You're so naughty. Um, I, love, I love his name. I love his name. I'm going to have so much fun with it. He has been telling him, like, when are we going to win? When is that going to happen? Like, I, I think his five-year plan went to a five-month plan at this point because he sees how competitive they are compared to everybody else right now. And he is, like, itching for that win, which I totally get. And we haven't seen any upgrades from them just yet. Um, but I think from what I have read, they should be having some stuff coming in the next few races. So I don't know if that'll be Baku, if that's going to be in Miami. Like, I'm not sure yet, but that's a good, such a good point is like, we haven't seen upgrades from them yet. And so they're fast now, like that could definitely take them to the next level. So I just think they're very exciting for sure. Well, well, you've covered my favorite team. Let's cover yours. <laughs> so Ferrari. Mm. Mm. Um, the biggest thing I think that came out of Ferrari this week is Fred finally put in a um, petition to contest or have a review of Carlos's penalty. The five-second penalty, which pushed, pushed him from fourth place to 12th, out of the points, all of that stuff. Um, so I'm going to read a little bit of what he said is that they're discussing it. He doesn't want to discuss a lot of the details, but then went on to say, but what about Ocon and um, Gasly? What about Sargent and DeVries? Like all of that happened on turn one. It's the reaction, or he was saying the reaction of the stewards was not the same. So it should be considered like a racing incident. That's what they said for Gasly and Ocon. That's what they said for DeVries and Sargent. Um, and what, so why is Carlos's not now? I know your feelings on it. Like he set off the chain and there was cars that did not, you know, finish. But I think that what I agree with, with, with him is like, if it's going to be this, then it should be that way all across the board. No, like, I agree. I think it should have been all the way across the board. And what I don't get is it, it, it the comments that I've seen so far is like for Gasly is like, Oh, well, you know, it saved him from being banned. Well, it's a year's worth of points. I mean, you've yeah. got to be careful, right? You know, yeah. and you've got you've got uh, Carlos who's got zero. I mean, that shows how good of a racer and how well he performs and what he he was doing things right. And you can see why he was so upset. It's like when you do things right so often, right? And then it seems so egregious out of the thing. And he didn't get a chance to to make his 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 say his piece or defend right. his point. And others did. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I agree. There's definitely some unfairness in it. Um, I, I just, to me, it's like it, apply it all the way across or don't, and unless they can come up and don't. Like I said, the only difference I could see as an outsider was the aftermath to other drivers, the, right. the the and the level of effect to the number of drivers versus, you know, the. 
how it impacted the individual driver who got penalized. So yeah. that that's that's like the only difference I saw. But I don't if that's not the rules, then right. it doesn't matter. What are right. the rules, you know? But then yeah. again, we we've talked about the rules don't seem to always. <laughs> they don't, and they don't. And I think that that's the one of the things is like okay, the first turn they tend to let things slide a little bit more because you've got twenty cars all pushing and you can't always help where your car goes. And I do think that with Carlos, that was the case. Like also they had the sun coming in their, in their eyes mm. there. So I think if, if the others are all racing incidents and, and to me still like Logan Sargent's is the most egregious because you, if you watch that, he plows into the back of like, you can't, I mean, I know they're going, they're going quick and I think his tires locked up is what he said his front tires had locked up and there wasn't anything he could do, but like turn a little, I mean, they teach you that in safety class. Driving. Well, you bring up a good point too. It made me think too, if we take that, when I was saying about Carlos having no penalties at that point on his license in the 12 months compared to Pierre, right? If we think about that in the intent and the level of driving, Carlos was driving with the best intent and doing, and, and you know, he's got a track record of doing things the right way right. as compared to a Gasly who obviously has point after point after point on him, yeah. who has a more of a track record of not doing things as proper as they should, right? So why would you penalize the, the driver who does things more properly and not the driver who doesn't? Oh, right. because it's going to ban him. Well, that's 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 why you have the that's why you have the rule. They don't have the rule. Right. I agree. I agree. I part of me does wonder. We could talk about that in just a second. But like even with Logan, like he didn't get any points, and he went straight into the back of somebody and mm -hmm. knocked Debris right out of the race as well. But yeah. Anyway, like we could go on and on about that. So I'm kind oh, yeah. of interested to see what comes out. So I guess they have to decide if they want to reopen the case. Um, and then they'll have a hearing with the same stewards. Um, and then the actual decision is what he was saying. Um, and they're hoping that they can have that meeting before Baku, but it might be at Baku. It just depends, I guess, on how that wow. happens. But, but then if it's going to be so interesting to see what they decide, because whatever they, if they decide to say, okay, we should not have done that. Like we should, maybe Carlos didn't deserve the five second penalty because we didn't give it to anybody else. Then there's ramifications on the points. And then yeah. we go back to what we started with in this. <laughs> yeah, it. Is the points are going to be hard to come by. So everybody drops down, right? Yuki's out of the points. Every Lance goes down. Nico. Fifth. Nico. He had six points. Like, you know, he would drop to four, right? He would get only four. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I think it's going to be so interesting to see because I don't know if they will just stick to their gun so they don't have to deal with all the other teams coming at them now that they've lost their points again. Yeah. That, that's I, a good I, point. Yeah. I just, anyways. So that was that. <laughs> and then McLaren. Oh, it's your favorite. <laughs> McLaren's been busy. So we know Zach Brown has been talking basically, I feel like since testing um, that they have upgrades coming in Baku. So yay, can't wait to see what the upgrades are like. But Zach Brown came out this week and said, well, because of the type of track that that is, you may not see the upgrades, the effects of the upgrades <laughs> at this race. So yeah, who knows? But both Oscar and Lando were doing testing towards the middle to the end of this week. I haven't seen anything about, um, you know, them saying anything about the car or how it feels or anything along those lines. So I guess we'll just have to wait and, and see um, the actual actions. Uh, yeah. And all the speculation on that, either it was really good. They don't say anything. It was really bad. They don't say anything. All right. Yeah. There's yeah. nothing, you know. <laughs> So, you know what, we'll let the car speak for itself on track next time. Um, but talking about going back to Gasly, so talking about the race ban, one of the questions that's been in my mind is, do we think that they are avoiding giving him points? Because towards the end of last year, I think it was something petty, something super petty, but normally they he would have gotten points for this and they didn't give it to him because it would have resulted in a ban. Um, but are they avoiding giving him 
the points so they can they don't have to give him a ban. I know that's what I was wondering. It's like I mean, because if they gave they the ban, how long of a ban would it be? I, I don't know about that. Is it a, a race the rest of the season? I, no, I thought it was a race, a one race ban. One race. So then, so they have a third driver. I'm like, you know, I mean, that's why you have a third driver, right? So, um, I don't know. It, it's interesting. And it's like, is it, is it, is it again? Is it add more drama because it just adds more controversy or? Were some of the points last year questionable enough in the last 12 months that they're like, oh, we're making up for that, you know, but yeah, that could be because yeah. I think some were petty. I know there was one he didn't get. Then he got a speeding in the pit lane, um, so, which is a big no, no. But I mean, that wasn't a racing like, but at the same time, you know, the rules, you've been in the sport forever. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. I don't know. I think that'll and be like you one. said. This one, it, it, yeah, it's pretty interesting. And then he, um, yeah, it, it'll be interesting. Uh, I think it, so. But I will say this for Alpine: they did um, got a lot of outpouring because they obviously both cars did not finish the race um, in Australia. So and so we we commented on their post when they, you know, were like, "Oh, not the race that we hoped for." And they made a little, a whole other social media post um, thanking their fans. And what our comment was one of like 30 that were included. So like, that's so you, exciting Alpine. for us. Yes. Thank you. Alpine. That's so exciting. Thank you. Alpine. Um, like, that's crazy. Well, I mean, we've mentioned about Sergeant running into the back of debris. So that was that. So then, oh, uh, that's like, oh, we're down to Red Bull then. Cool. I think we're Red Bull. Red yeah. Bull. They have won the first three races. Two for Max, one for Checo. Well, it's going to happen. I, you know, I, I was asking Claire this before is like, do we think that some of the other teams are starting to catch up to them? Um, and then I thought to myself, that's just more wishful thinking. It's more wishful I thinking. <laughs> I, don't want them to, I don't want them to sweep the entire season, though. I mean, we, we talk about maybe Alonso getting on podium and was it going to take their both cars to be out to do that or have penalties? Like, what is it going to take? You know, it's like, is it going to be that they don't start pole in Monaco and then that's how we do it? Like, you know, how are we going to get it to where a double DNF? I don't, I don't even know. Like, I don't know. It's going to be crazy. And I think, you know, we were talking about Aston Martin bringing some, or McLaren bringing changes to Baku. We know Mercedes, we talked about them bringing some changes over the next few races we haven't really heard anything about Red Bull bringing any upgrades. And it's like, if they're already this fast, what's going to happen if they do bring upgrades? But, uh, yeah. Or is there a peak? And have they reached the peak, right? Cause there's only so much you can do with the limitations of the rules and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, are they at the top? Are they already at the peak of what you can do within and I don't know the rules and I don't know how there's any limitations in the engineering or anything like that, that would cap the performance or they could, no. you know, cause there's, you can only get so good, right? There's only so much with technology and whatnot that you can get to. So yeah, have they reached the peak? Have they reached the peak of what the engineering can do with what we can have at their disposal? I, I don't know. I, I, I is- doubt it. I doubt it. And I, and I wish I could remember which um, driver said this, but somebody said they, they have the feeling that they're not even using their full potential right now because they're so much faster than everybody else. They don't have to. Um, but what I think is interesting is that their, their main designer who could obviously be, or maybe not obviously, I say obviously a lot, um, who <laughs> could arguably be called the best or most successful car designer in F1 history, Adrian Newey, his contract is coming up. And so, you know, we talked about like this car that he's created and, and supposedly he's out there. He was looking at the Mercedes front wing two races ago, standing there, just looking at it, looking at it. So he is constantly trying to figure out how do we make this car better? How do we make it better? Um, I'm just curious, like if other teams are wooing him. Yeah, and and went to pay some, oh. yeah, pay some money for. I could I could see Zach Brown doing that. Oh, <laughs> yes. it, or Lance Stroll or Lawrence Stroll. Yeah, Stroll. Yep, I can see either one of them. Like, I can pay you. Go for it, Papa Stroll. Bring him over. Bring him over. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Help my man. Help my man. Ferrari needs to do that, but I don't see that happening. We're, yeah, we're doing. But anyways. The only other thing I could think of with Red Bull is just between Max and Checo. I wonder if that the inner workings between them could cause any kind of downfall later in a race, too. It it could get contentious, right? Like, it's it's happened before. um, But, I mean, they seem to be okay. They're, you know... I feel like when they're not even on camera, if they're around each other, they're talking and, you know, there's some laughter. And so, but I think it it could turn on a dime. That's my personal feeling. I think. I do. I think Checo is the bigger man in that. Speaking of Checo. Yeah. We were talking about this. Yes. So grid basics, we figured for this week, we're going to do like a two part grid basics. Um, So this week we're going to just kind of go over like some terms and some acronyms. Because there's things, especially if you're new to the sport, you may not know what that means. And you're sitting there like, what are they talking about? And I and it extends to players. It extends to, <laughs> to players, to racers. Yes. And so I was telling Claire, when I was fairly new to watching the sport, I, did, <laughs> I watched a race. And I can't remember if Checo won or what the deal was. But, you know, they were like, Sergio Perez, he must have won the race. He's the winner. And then I was on social media and it was Checo this and Checo takes that. And I'm like, who the F is Checo? Like Sergio Perez won won the race. Like, what are they talking about? So I finally had to go Google it. And then I realized, oh, Sergio Perez and Checo are the same person. Checo, it's a nickname. Yeah, and it took me, it took me too. Because what I, you know, I, I am still getting... I'm trying to get better about remembering names and, and whatnot. And it took me a little bit too. I was like, who's this Checo person? Is it Checo <laughs> Press or is it Sergio Press? Do I have his name wrong? And they're like, oh, it's the same. Oh, it's all. Okay. All, all the names the- work. Yeah. All the names. <laughs> yeah. So I think I had read initially that that, and maybe it's just in his region um, where his family's from, but that's a like, if, if your name's Williams, they'll call you Bill or, you know, something along those lines. So apparently that's a, a typical nickname for somebody named Sergio. My mom lives in Mexico. She's like, I've never heard that before. So that's why it kind of made me think maybe it's more of a regional thing. Um, But anyways, there's your very first grid basics, um, terms and acronyms. Checo and Sergio Perez are in fact the same person. Yeah, (laughs) that does bring us to, so one of the ones, and I'm gonna go down the list because I like the list of two, is when the first thing you said, we had to get going and you get to check out the livery. And I'm like, the what? <laughs> the livery? The livery? Livery? What? <laughs> like, why? What is that? You know, and, and it took me forever to figure out. I still don't understand why they use the term livery, but the livery. So when they reveal the new color scheme of the car, it's not always the car. Usually it's not the actual car, right? But it's kind of give you an idea of what the car is going to look like, at least from the like, color schemes. Yes, the design, the color scheme, all of that stuff. I think livery is just a very English word. So probably going back to like, you know, proper English racing and all of that stuff. And I do remember like, are you not, I remember saying to you, are you not watching the livery? delivery launches like what what are you doing so yes the livery is really just kind of like the the style the design of of the actual car right and so, i had to look at a livery the definition special uniform worn by a servant or official no there's got to be a second one that's the, the main one that's the main one <laughs> But then it goes, it says a special design and color scheme used on vehicles, aircraft, or products of a particular company. There you go. There, there we go. go. I'm like, there's got to be a second definition. Come on, Miriam Webster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So the next one I thought was interesting for the longest, funniest thing. I'm telling you this because I, I consider myself to be up on like grammar, but um, constructors. So it's like the longest. I'm like, why do they keep calling it constructors? Like, oh, yeah, they, they construct the cars. <laughs> yes. So it's yeah. so it's so on the nose that I just <laughs> right over the head. Yes. So that's that's exactly it. The constructor is the is the team. So when you see the constructor points, that's like which team has the most points. It's it's the constructor. Um and so you do get points every race. Um and you will see the constructor 
also get an award um, on the podium. So there's the three drivers. And then you see somebody from the team, from the pits, is up there taking the constructor award also. So they get points. If your cars finish up there, you get points. Um, and that's a big thing because if your team finishes the constructor, especially at the top, usually like the whole, like the office, the crew, the pit crew, everybody gets a bonus. So you, the drivers are really gunning for getting those constructor um, points and winning the constructor for the entire year. So yeah, that's what that is. That's awesome. All right now we've got some acronyms. You've got, well, so we'll start with the, we'll start in the order happens. You have FP1, FP2, there's FP3, yes. So right? FP1, FP2, FP3 is stands for free practice number one, free practice number two, free practice number three. On Fridays, you have FP1 and FP2. And on Saturday morning, you have FP3. So that's what yeah, you that brings you into queues, right? Then on Saturday, we go into queues. Yep. So the queues um, is for qualifying. So qualifying stage one, qualifying stage two, qualifying stage three. So Q1, Q2, Q3. Um, Q3 is where every driver wants to be. It's the last stage. It's only 10 drivers that make it that far. And um, that sets the first 10 gr uh, grid spots. So you want to be on the pole position, which we can just go right into that. People are like, what does pole mean? Um, <laughs> so pole is number one. You had the absolute fastest time in Q3, qualifying stage three. Um, and so you are sitting in the first spot. Your car, um, sometimes that, that's on the outside. Sometimes it's on the inside. I think it depends on the track. But your car is a little bit more in front on that front row than the person that qualified um, second. So yeah, because cool. if you look at the grid, they're all offset just a little bit, and then it goes into like the P's. And I've noticed that um, the P number is the position you are in line in the race right now. And so you start off P1 through P20, yeah. and P1 is pole. Um, but as you're going, you'll hear them tell the, the racers over where they're at. You're P7, P3, P, it, you know, they don't even say you're, they just say P7, da, 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 da. Like they, they know what that means. And so the racers then know where they are in the race. And, and so you hear that audibly being, being spoken often so that I hear that a lot. Exactly. And you will hear it for the race itself, but also in qualifying. So sometimes the drivers, and especially because in Q3, drivers are coming over that line um, after it's counted down to zero, but they're still you know, within their rights to, to finish their lap. And, and then you hear them come over the radio like P7 or you know P1. And sometimes the drivers will be very surprised. During the race, I don't think they're as surprised, but during qualifying, they're very surprised to find out where they are, so. Okay. Now the one that I thought was always interesting is box. I hear that all the time, like box, box, box. I hear push and box. So yeah. Um, yeah. explain where box comes from. I get what this, you tell people why, what so they're doing, it but is, I, I, I don't, it, where it comes from is interesting too. Yeah. I, so I don't know that I'll say this right, but it comes from the German box and stop. I'm just, like box and stop. I don't know. I don't have a German accent. Box so. and stop books and stuff, um, which, so it's a pit stop. So they shorten it because that's too long to say during a race, um, probably. And so it's just box, 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 box. And so when you hear that, they're telling the driver, you need to come into the pits. Like we want, we think you need new tires right now, or maybe if they've had a little bit of a, a bump or a crash or, you know, whatever, like we need you to box, we need to take care of something. Um, and sometimes you'll hear the drivers push back and say, no, I don't want a box. I'm doing fine. So <laughs> I thought that was interesting. I never knew about me moving to Germany. So it's not to know that it's box and stop. And that box just says being pit stop. Yeah. It's a little better than pit. Better it sounds a little nicer than saying pit, 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 pit. I like box. Yeah. <laughs> pit, pit, pit. That sounds terrible. Yeah. No. I know. Could you but, imagine being on the radio and having to say pit, pit, pit? Yeah. Box sounds so much better. Box. Box. Yeah. Anyway. You can be more authoritative, I think, with box. But yeah, so those are just a few like little F1 terms and acronyms. But next week we'll get into some more like bigger concepts like dirty air and under, you know, DRS and understeering and all of that, that kind of stuff. Those are going to be a little bit more intense. Like we need to spend a little bit of time on it. So. 
Yeah. Well, let's so next week. coming in. We're, we're, uh, we're, oh goodness. We've been talking a lot. It's been a lot to I talk know. about. That's Australia just kicked us off. So let's, we'll yes. can wrap these up pretty quickly. Some, some beyond the grid. There's been some neat stuff that's been going on. Um, starting with the helmet, that helmet is up to you. Just checked a little bit ago for, uh, Valtteri's helmet, the Aussie helmet. Um, yes. 20,000 pounds. Oh, that was an interesting sound. I know. I'm sorry. I, if you guys are hearing that, I'm so sorry. I hopefully Claire can work her magic, but my, I have a little dog and he, it can't even be, it's almost time for him to eat. He likes to eat promptly at 5 PM. And if I don't start preparing his food at 4.30, this is what we get. So I apologize ahead of time for any little whining um, that you're hearing. We're, we're almost yeah. done. So anyway, okay. so yeah, was it 20,000 pounds, which is yes. almost 25,000 US dollars or 22,000 euros. Yeah, so Amazing. we talked last week about Valtteri's um, special helmet that was created. It was designed by an Aboriginal artist. And his sole intent was to auction it off after the race through F1 Authentics and raise money for um, more Aboriginal um, charities. So, yeah, like Claire said, it's over 20,000 pounds, 25,000 U.S. dollars. Like U.S. dollars? Very, very crazy. Cool. Very cool. All right. What else? Yeah. Red Bull. So, oh, and then Red Bull is having a contest to design checkers helmets. So that's cool. Yeah. So for Checo's home race in Mexico, which is more towards the end of the season, but if you have mad design skills, and again, I wish I did, uh, go ahead and submit a design and maybe Checo will be wearing your helmet, which I love that they're doing this because we talked or one of our very first episodes, how for the U.S. races, you can submit a design and that will be used as the livery, which we just learned is the color scheme and the design of the actual, you know, colors and layout of the car. And that's coming up in Miami. So two more races and we'll get to see the very first fan designed livery for Red Bull. I'm excited. So excited. Yeah, I'm too. Well, then you have, let's see, we've got some, uh, we have some other fun stuff. Oh, I saw this where Fernando announced his uh, new personal care line for men. Almost think yeah. I'm going to order it for my partner just so I can say I ordered something from Fernando. Yeah. But um, <laughs> I know. I was kind of like, what? I mean, here's the thing. I love it. It's all natural. It's plant derived. It's sustainable packaging. Like I love all of that. And he was saying in the video that is very, very important to him. And so I love it. But like, what is going on? I mean, there, there was a line from a movie before I became an F1 fan and, and it was talking about like the people that wear all their, their logos everywhere. Right. So they're head to toe Gucci or head to toe, like whatever. And the comp, the line was something about like, are you, you're like an F1 driver because, you know, they've got their sponsors everywhere, you know, on their stuff. And it's like, what is happening now? So they have their car sponsors, but now you've got Fernando doing a men's care line. Charles is hawking sparkly jewelry with giant teddy oh, bears. Yeah. I, he looks very good in the ads, but I am not understanding the giant teddy bear necklaces. I don't know if it's for women, if it's for men, if it's for like, <laughs> what is, I don't get it. I just don't yeah, get I, it. Like, what is happening? <laughs> I don't get that either. The only thing I can think of is Fernando. I mean, he's, you know, he's been racing for a while. Maybe he's trying to yeah. set himself up for like, re you know, retirement and, and process. Yes. But um, and yeah, the, the thing with Charles, I, yeah, Charles, that was interesting. Um, what so else do we have? Um, oh, oh, you and Nick, Nick DeVries and his legs. Just... Okay, listen. I'm just saying, like, I when I see Nick DeVries, he just looks skinny, like tiny. But the last couple weeks, he's been posting videos of himself working out. And you you all just need to go to his page and look look at it. He, his quads are like so muscly, so formed, like they're like separated from the rest of his, his leg. Like he is pure muscle and he might be like, well, he might not even be small at all, but to me, he looks like he's small. But he, he is pure muscle. He can still be thin like that. There's a lot of ballet dancers that are like that. They're very thin and very sleek, but they're cut so well that you can actually see all four muscles of the quad, right? So you can actually that count the muscle and whatnot. Yeah, and I, that's I, what you know. me of because Zach is like Claire's son, like she mentioned earlier, is a, is a dancer, and I feel like his. He legs said are that, cut. yeah. Yeah, and yeah, cut like that, but big. But but his were always big. He he at one point yeah. his 
quad measured bigger than his waist because but that's what not in, not his, anymore but <laughs> yeah but that's what his legs look like it is crazy to me and i don't know if i just so if you're fairly new listening like i broke my um my pinky metacarpal thingy right here on my hand and so this past week and a half, I've been able to go back to the gym and actually like, you know, do stuff with my hands. So I don't know if it's just something I'm being more, I'm just more aware of like gym type stuff posts and those sorts of things. Um, but yeah, I'm, all I'm saying is just go, go look and then report go look, back. Go look. Yeah. On the last That's couple of ones we were talking about, cause we're hitting an hour already on this one, girl. I can't believe um, it. Sergeant and Williams rang the closing bell in the stock exchange. That's kind of interesting. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I know different groups go in there and do that. They'll ring it to open or, you know, to close it. And so I'm not sure if there was something special that they were doing. I don't, I don't think that they like launched on the New York stock exchange, right? Like I could be wrong. I don't know. Um, but yeah, they were there and, and rang the bell and, he was all decked out in his Williams gear, but being from America, the only American driver on the grid right now, I thought that was kind of a cool thing for him to be there doing. Not yeah, that everybody... might have been some of it, but but um, yeah, yeah it, it's interesting. Um, yeah, since he's the only one on the the only one, that, that's probably that's probably part of it. But yeah, yeah I, I think that's part of it. Well, and I guess too that they're um, they're they have an office in New York because they just hired a new, like, I don't know, account, accountant executive. <laughs> I don't even want to say the title because I don't know what it is. And they said he was going to be um, in their New York office. And I was like, I didn't even know Williams had a New York office. Perfect. I need to start trying to get a job there. <laughs> but, like, and then I'll work my way overseas. But yeah, anyways, I yeah. thought that was kind of fun. Um, so we're going to get you here. Yeah. <laughs> One thing that, I definitely want to start doing, and we're going to start doing with our podcast is reading out some of the five-star reviews that we get um, online. So if you haven't following us, if you haven't done a review, if you haven't rated us, please go out there and do that over just periodically. We'll pick one. Maybe it'll be yours. You never know. Um, but we're very excited about how our little podcast is growing. It's been a lot of fun and Claire knows like I'm as long as our numbers go up every week, then I'm cool. But I get totally jazzed about the countries because Claire handles all of the like that side of things. And she'll and we're she'll at 15 countries now, 15, 15 countries. countries. We're all over. It's amazing. And so we're in the Americas, Europe, uh, down in uh, Asia Pacific with Australia and New Zealand. And we're in Africa. Like we're, oh my gosh, like, it's amazing to see how are we are all over the place so yeah. i'm so excited just get somebody in antarctica i think we'd have all the continents wouldn't we because we have americas we have Ken, uh africa we've got asia we've got europe right we don't so... we don't have asia we don't have asia mm. wait did oh, we no, have somebody no. we have... singapore singapore yeah we do have asia sorry yeah. we do have singapore yeah so yeah. yay I love that. And then when she breaks it so down, exciting. All, all the countries and stuff, I get jazzed. And then you can break it down further from there and just see like what cities they're in. So we have, obviously the majority is the U.S., which is awesome. Um, but it just blows my Berlin. mind. <laughs> and Berlin, of course. Um, but it just blows my mind to see that, like when she says, oh, Singapore or Kenya, like what? <laughs> like, yeah, and we recently... We recently picked up Mexico and Australia and the United Kingdom. So yeah. that's really exciting to see that. I mean, where's yeah. where some of the racers are from? I'm like, we're picking up from the, the countries that the racers are in. So, um, which is great. Um, so, thank you, thank you, thank you. Please keep listening. Please tell other people about us. Um, we're trying to grow as organically as possible. So, even, you know, if you're listening, but you don't follow us on like Instagram or TikTok, which I'm trying to figure out TikTok. Um, go and follow us there as well because we do post um and we're not going to be buying bots or anything like that we'd rather yeah. have people that are really engaging with us so thank you for that yep yes Yay. we appreciate that so like we said we recorded this week on a saturday because of the holidays and travel next week i think we're going to record 
maybe on a Monday just because of other kinds of stuff and family and whatnot, but always publishing on Tuesday. So you guys are hearing this after we've pushed it out on a Tuesday. Um, yeah. And again, thank you for everybody. We got a few more weeks before the next race. So more education and in between we do education we can do more grid basics and we're going to spotlight a team. We're going to start spotlighting a team in between races too. So we can just spend a lot of time concentrating on just one team and learning all about their history and where they're at and where they're going. I think that'll be yeah. cool too. Yeah, definitely. So come along for the ride with us. We love it. Thanks for sticking out for this longer one. It's been fun. You know, it's us best friends. We, it's hard time to keep it short when two best friends are talking, right? So <laughs> I know. we can just, we can seriously go on and on and on, but I, yeah, you guys are probably hearing little pause and I apologize. Like I keep looking at my phone cause I'm getting messaged by, uh, we want to order pizza. Are you going to come down soon? I'm like, I'm, I'm, coming. I'm totally making pizza. Cause at this point it's, yeah, it's after five o'clock and <laughs> that's about all I have time. And I'm for. only, I'm only three hours ahead of you this time instead of nine. So this is really cool. It's only 8 PM where I'm at instead of what it would be like two o'clock in the yeah. morning. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I know. Yes. No, I love it. I love having you a little bit closer. It's not, I'm not feeling like I'm keeping you up. <laughs> just a few, and it's just, a, what, eight more weeks or so. You're going to be in my house in Berlin. I so excited. All right. Well, we should wrap it up. Thank you all for sticking it out, taking the ride with us this week, and we will see you again next week. Bye. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please subscribe and leave a rating and a review. To stay up to date with She Loves the Grid and get all the behind the scenes content, you can follow us on Instagram at She Loves the Grid and on Facebook at facebook.com slash She Loves the Grid. Thank you for joining us for the ride this week.